Hello, and welcome to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm your host, Ashley Marmeter, Associate Editor of Air Cargo World. In this episode, I spoke with Ed DeRays, Chairman and CEO of drone manufacturing company Saberwing. Saberwing's Rigel cargo drone had a historic first flight in September, lifting 829 pounds to break the world record for a commercial, vertical takeoff, uncrewed air vehicle. I talked to Ed about this exciting achievement, Rigel's use cases, and regulatory challenges in drone manufacturing. All right. Well, Ed, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about um, your company today. Can you just get started by saying, you know, what is Saberwing and the Rigel and what projects are you guys working on? So Saberwing uh, is the manufacturer of the best-in-class uh, air cargo drone, uh, really in existence today. We proved that. We just recently had our very first flight um, in uh, at the end of last month. We carried a world record um, c- uh, cargo payload of 829 pounds. And so we knew we had plenty of thrust to get off the ground. We had a lot more thrust than, than you know what we needed, but we wanted to show that you know, prove to the world that, well, our competitors and everybody else are out there saying, well, we think we can carry this much. We know we can carry that much. And so we, we went out and did it. We, we did, we carried that much and it's still only a fraction of what we can carry. We can easily carry about three times more um, than that 800 pound, 829 pound uh, cargo. So yeah, this is, uh, this is who we are. We're made up of a group of individuals that have many years of experience, not just in aircraft design and production, but in flight and certification and all aspects of aircraft. It's not, um, we're the old graybeard, so to speak, of the, of the industry, because there's a, there's a bunch of old people in there that are doing this, but we're, you know, I think in aviation, you ask anybody, who would you rather have working on your aircraft, the mechanic who has 20 years of experience or the guy that just walked in the door um, or flying your airplane or, you know, uh, and doing any of those things, uh, you definitely want the experience. And so that's who we are. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that record-breaking flight? What was that like for you to sort of see the potential of what this aircraft can do? Oh, huge. Uh, we knew it was going to be uh, a, a good flight. We knew it was going to be a, a, a record breaker, actually. Um, that's why we did it. But we knew we also had to fly with a cargo, uh, a payload on board. Uh, nobody else has flown uh, first flight with a with a payload. And so, uh, especially a payload this size. Um, and even our competitors have still, I think one of our competitors has only ever flown once. Uh, with a model that they're not even developing, that's one. Uh, and then this, and then they didn't fly with any kind of a payload. None of our competitors have really uh, flown with a, a payload uh, at all. So this is something new. Um, and the aircraft is made from the very beginning to to really be able to demonstrate that. But it, the lead up to it, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there. It's um, my heart has always been in flight test. I'm a flight test guy. That's all I've done for the last. 47 years so excuse me 45 years so for me uh, I really wanted to be there but I couldn't but uh, but we have an excellent crew uh, in Hayward where we're building the aircraft they we call the Hayward facility the dragon words facility because we're named after a dragon so and we create dragons in in Hayward so it's the dragon words facility Um, but yeah it's a uh, it's a, a dream for the last six years and finally gets in the air. And when you're able to realize the dream, it's a, um, 
it's a really, it's an emotional moment. Certainly it, uh, I can't say that I bawled like a baby, but certainly my, I got a little bit teary eyed from the fact that this is, you know, it's like you're sending your baby away to school, you know, to kindergarten, <laughs> but it's, it's a big 30 foot wide baby with 28 foot long, uh, fuselage but yeah it's a it was a very proud moment for all of us at Saberwood. Yeah that's awesome. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about what makes the Rigel different from other drones? You mentioned it's huge but what other sort of technology and features make it different from its competitors? Um, we offer a lot of things that competitors don't. Well let me start in the very beginning. We actually went directly to uh, customers and potential customers and including Federal Express and UPS and several others and asked them, what do you want to see in a cargo aircraft? So in essence, they really gave us the, um, they gave us the, the uh, you know, where we needed to be. And there were a lot of things that were very important. It needed to be able to carry uh, unit load devices, the ULDs, um, and not just one. Um, they weren't, and at the time we were actually exploring a, a cargo container that would be able to, that was our own, that we just slide into the aircraft. And they stopped us and said, no, no, we're not looking for a custom cargo container. We have thousands all over the world, you know, all sorts of different types. The last thing we need is one container that we have to buy that can only fit on your aircraft. So it doesn't make sense. So, the, so that was one of the things we came away with right away. Um, and then again, too, the ability to fly into any class airspace was big that we have we have that capability on board as well. So between the detect and avoid system, which is part of that certification and the ability to um, to take off and land from anywhere and also take off like a conventional aircraft in, in addition to taking off and landing like a, a helicopter or VTOL, we had to be able to take off and land like a conventional aircraft. And so therefore, you know, these are things that um, that really helped us to define the aircraft from the shape to the, you know, everything all the way down to the uh, maximum range, the altitudes, you name it. It really needed to be, uh, this was all part of it as well. Yeah, I did notice that the ULD feature is something that I haven't seen very much in drones, if at all. And I know that's obviously something very important to the community that they can unload it quickly and they can reload it quickly. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's we can carry 10 different types of cargo containers um, up to four ULD2s. Um, uh, we can carry three LD3s refrigerated. Uh, so even the reefer units, we can power them on board. Um, one of the things that we were asked during COVID was how would this, could you guys transport um, equipment or excuse me, COVID? And the answer was yes. We can not only transport three ULD containers that are full of cargo, loaded to max cargo capacity, transported, but land and keep it refrigerated until, you know, they need it. So it's a, you know, it's, if somebody can't get to the cargo right away, it, can, it will actually sit there until they can get somebody there to unload it and, and, uh, and handle the frozen cargo. It's really unique. It was really, as I said before, our customers needed this. They wanted this. They asked for it. We designed it in. We, I think the real difference here, I see this in our competitors. It's as though they went off and created a cargo drone and then went about trying to sell it to the, uh, or, or to our, to potential customers. I think because of the experience, we went the opposite direction. We went to our customers first and asked them, what do you want? And it's just something that I learned you know, early on, I had a business in the in the mid 90s that was successful. Um, and uh, 
And I built the business based on talking to the customer. What do you know? It was a software business, but it was still an aircraft related software business. And I went to the customers and asked them, what do you guys want to see? Mm-hmm. And so they gave me that. So we use the same thing with the, in Saberwing, going to the customers and telling them, you know, what, what do you guys want to see? What, what makes an ideal cargo aircraft for you? Especially if it doesn't have, uh, uh, you know, if it's unmanned, um, where does it need to go? How does it need to get there? All those things. So yeah. everything from maintenance, how the aircraft is maintained, it's very low maintenance to even down to the phase capability. So anytime the aircraft has to go in for phase, for example, instead of in the heavy phase checks being a C or D check, might go in for up to eight weeks on other aircraft. Um, ours, it's 24 hours. We can remove a module from the aircraft that needs the phase check, send it out, put a new one in, have it removed and replaced within 24 hours. So now you're not waiting any longer on that aircraft to come back from phase. It's usable the very next day. Um, some of it too was the fact that we I was in the cargo business. My wife and I had a cargo, uh, air cargo, well, part 135, but we did a lot of air cargo. And that so much of the stuff that we that I learned is stuff that my colleagues in the air cargo industry were able to, you know, impart as well. When I tell them, well, I'm thinking about doing this, they'd say, oh yeah, but how about if you did this and this? So it really, really did help. Yeah, that's awesome. I also noticed that um, it can use SAF, which is huge on the sustainability front. Um, was that challenging to integrate or what was that process like? It was actually, I wish I could say it was really a well thought out process and everything else. We were we were kind of looking at a at something along those lines, but really how it came about was the fact that we, I think we chose wisely with our engine partner. Uh, Safran is really one of the world leaders in that. They've been started from the very beginning at looking at it, including hydrogen now, but they, the engines came already with that certification for 50% SAF. They're working on 100% SAF. And so, uh, of course, as soon as they're certified for 100% SAF, those are going into the, into the aircraft. And the other thing they're looking at now is hydrogen as well. And so they're starting testing on some of their engines using hydrogen, but we've been chosen by Safran to test the first hydrogen engines on our aircraft. And so this aircraft, which uh, uh, that we just flew, it's made to be able to remove and replace the cargo bay uh, and excuse me, the engine bay with a, you know, fully integrated hydrogen in there and do it in a short period of time. So it's a, um, we're very fortunate in that Safran's really ahead of the game on these, on this type of testing. And we, we can see that, um, you know, we'll be one of the very first customers, if not the very first customer to use hundred percent SAF when it's available. I think we're the only ones right now to be able to use 50% SAF and certainly hydrogen. And hopefully the next couple of years when they get hydrogen completed and, and certified, we should be able to have it in our aircraft as well. That's super cool. Uh, one thing that I've noticed, you know, is having these different conversations with drone operators and manufacturers is the regulations are a um, very challenging field to navigate, whether that's getting different certifications for the parts or the processes or even to fly. Uh, what kind of regulatory landscapes are you navigating as we're getting the Rigel up and ready for commercial use? We've actually been dealing with the FAA since 2016. So the first stop we made uh, when we opened the doors of the company officially was we actually visited the FAA and said, this is what we want to do. Um, so it was in February, 2016. So now we're going on our sixth year. We have a lot of experience in flight test. Um, uh, not just me. I don't tend to not count myself as part of the flight test team, sadly, but, uh, <laughs> but we have very experienced people in flight test and certification. 
we were the very first company, even though we didn't crow about it, we we're the very first company that reached an agreement with uh, the FAA on a basis to certification. But we've been working very well with the FAA. The FAA has a lot of, uh, um, you know, rabbit holes that you can go down, but we've been able to navigate them very well. Uh, they're also fighting their own struggles with, you know, the, like everybody else in industry is the fact that, you know, they can't hire people uh, one or had, can't hire them fast enough to do the things that they need to do. So it's critical, I think, for um, uh, that, you know, we work together with them on that. It's new for them. It's new for us, uh, especially on man cargo. And so I think we've worked together very, very well with them. We had a lot of very good uh, cooperation from the uh, people even at, in the higher echelons all the way down to the to the rank and file of the excellent. We've been working mainly with the uh, FISDO out of Anchorage. Mm. And they're brilliant. They're actually the very first uh, FISDO, very first district to uh, to grant a uh, an airworthiness certificate to a drone. It was a Scan Eagle uh, several years ago. So they kind of know the landscape. It's the Scan Eagle, of course, being unmanned. Uh, the only difference between us and the Scan Eagle is really the fact that we carry internal cargo loads. But the... Uh, but in reality, these the, the personnel at the at the FISDO in uh, in Anchorage, Alaska, are just brilliant. They're really really good. So very happy to have them as, as our FISDO. Yeah, that's awesome. There's definitely a growing appetite in the cargo community for drones, whether that's last mile or um, middle mile. What kind of use case are you seeing for the Rigel, and what customers are interested in getting involved with your drone? Um. We originally, I think, we were looking at the first and middle mile. And then, um, but as we started to go through, we realized, especially with the alpha model, we have a lot of interest now in the alpha model. Don't have a launch customer yet, but there are several that are actually in serious evaluation right now. Um, and that's been keeping me quite busy. But the uh, but we see that really as the first, last and, first middle and last uh, mile uh, deliveries because it is it is very versatile. I mean, it's it'll do something that... You know, we can fold the wings on it. Um, it's made to to land in very in environments that are, you know, not good for other drones. We we use high flotation tires all all around, so we can land even on top of roofs that you wouldn't be able to, in theory, carry a big a big load because we're able to spread that load out. There's so many good things uh, from this that now we're actually looking, as you said, the first uh, middle and last mile. The applications I think are endless, and most of them. Most of the applications have really been uh, uh, thought of by our customers. They're the ones that look at this and say, you know, I think I can do do this with it. And then they'll, they'll say, can you do this? And we look, think about it and say, yeah, you know, if we do this and this. So the possibilities are really endless and they're really up to our customers. And they've thought of a myriad of ways, everything from, you know, civilian search and rescue to air ambulance to, you know, as I mentioned before, the carriage of pharmaceuticals, especially high value pharmaceuticals. We have one customer who's located in, um, in Africa at a gold mine. And one of the things that they're finding is there's problems with their transporting gold from one location to another. And they tip, will typically transport about a ton of gold at a time. But in order to do that, they have to have vehicles and armed guards. And these vehicles, they go out 12 vehicles just for this one ton shipment um, in an armored car. And it's, it's a military operation, very definitely, because they've been, you know, they're of the concern there for, uh, security and so they contacted us about six months ago and said we'd like to fly a ton of cargo from our location from the mine directly where it's very secure they've got 
you know, big compound with concertina wire and guards that walk back and forth. But their their thing is from that compound all the way to where they need to take it to the assayer's, assayer's office, the assay office, which we can do. And we can do it very well. We and it's very secure. We can take off and fly really high. It's uh, you know not where they're not a target to ground fire or anything else, and take it to a location, land at the assay office, and drop it off there. So really, a lot of advantages to being able to to do that. And again, that never thought of it until our customers said, "Hey, we want to. We'll take a gold, a, a ton of gold at a time. Can you do that?" I was like, right. "We can." Well, the joke kind of writes itself: the dragon taking the gold from one place to the other. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, I should say that. That's yeah, you can steal that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you credit for it, though. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I guess that's basically everything I wanted to ask you. Is there anything looking forward that you want us to know about Saberwing or Rigel or what's next in this process? Um, we're continuing flight tests. Uh, we have another series of, of flights planned before the end of the year. Um, and then, uh, so that's, we're looking forward to that. We have gosh, easily another two dozen flights we're going to do before the end of the year, try to do before the end of the year, weather permitting. But um, yeah, I think this is, we uh, have orders right now for 128 aircraft. Uh, 26 of those are on a firm purchase order right now. I should say on a purchase order, the 128 are firm. But the 26 on the purchase order, uh, they're going out to the World Health, World Food Program. Um, and so we're uh, working on getting those produced as, as soon as possible. It's a, I think our customers were really waiting for our first flight, but this is something now that we, uh, now that we've done it, we're able to make uh, faster progress, uh, you know, proceed with production, get those out to our first customers so that they can really start making an impact. Like I really see that our, our uh, the, the future is limitless simply from the fact that we, we can carry more cargo. We can fly higher, faster, and farther than, than anything that even comes close. Um, it's a it's a real game changer, I think, for the air cargo world. Yeah. Ed, thank you so much for joining me. It was great hearing more about your company and the Rigel, and we're looking forward to what comes next for you. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate it. It's really an honor. Air cargo world for us is, you know, it's a it's an important publication for us, but it's also, you know, the magazine for our customers and potential customers. And and to be here is really an honor. Thanks also to our listeners and to Air Cargo World's readers. You can download and listen to this podcast and other episodes at aircargoworld.com and on iTunes and Spotify.